Conversations podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Fatih. Welcome to Conversations podcast, hailing to the world from the lands of the Wurundjeri people. Today, I'm with one of the doyens of the Australian TNI education sector, and she has made significant contributions to the training and assessment of interpreters and translators nationwide over the years. TAFE SA Senior Lecturer, Magdalena Rowan. Welcome. Thank you for being my guest today, Magdalena. How's it going? Good morning, Fatty. Thank you for having me. It's going very well, I think. Wonderful. So good to have you. Um, look, before we start, let me just uh, tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about you, if you don't mind. Um, Magdalena has been practicing uh, as a Spanish interpreter and translator for over 40 years. Uh, she's been involved in interpreting and translating uh, education since the 80s and has delivered courses and developed close links with other educators in the VET and the higher education sectors throughout Australia and New Zealand. Magdalena has worked extensively with NATI in the development of the NATI certification system and the NATI Continuous Improvement Program. In 2017, TAFE SA, together with RMIT, collaborated in developing and delivering the first online interpreting and translating skills for NATI certification short course. Uh, and naturally, that has now led to the development of the TAFE SA online diploma of interpreting. Um, Magdalena, congratulations on the launch of the new online diploma of interpreting program, which I think is the first of its kind in Australia. Thank you. Yes, it is. I mean, there have been uh, some delivery online, uh, but I don't think it was uh, fully online with uh, with live sessions and very interactive online content. So I'm hoping it will revolutionise the industry and I'm hoping lots of people will follow on with other courses. Um, I'm hoping so too. Uh, look, you and I have been talking about the TNI education um, over the last few years and, uh, you know, a lot has happened, uh, especially within regards to technology over the last few years. Uh, I guess, if anything, we can be thankful to COVID for kind of speeding up that online uh, education delivery. Um, tell us a bit about the program. I'm really, really curious. Uh, look, I, I know very, very closely the skill set uh, course uh, that we worked on together. Um, and I'm really curious to see how you managed to turn the diploma course fully online. Tell us a little bit about the program, if you don't mind. Okay, well, I might start. You did mention that we offered the, um, we designed the skill set together with the RMIT. And it's interesting because there was quite a bit of opposition to that skill set um, from several quarters saying that it was too short, that it wasn't enough training mm. for people to become interpreters with that. And, uh, I completely agree with that. Uh, you know, you, you cannot teach, uh, you cannot train an interpreter fully in 11 weeks. So, but it was something. And I was really happy when Nati actually made a minimum amount of training compulsory because I saw that as a start of something which was really good and which would eventually lead to full training. Mm -hmm. So with that uh, short skill set, we learned a lot of lessons um, because we had, we've delivered many courses now and gosh, we've, we've trained hundreds of people uh, with that short course, people that wouldn't have had access to anything else, um, especially in the regional areas and outside of the main capital cities. So, 
And again, we've seen that, of course, it isn't enough for many people. The, the short course is really for people who already have the skills. And also it's for people who might want to find out what interpreting is all about. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, you, you dip your toe in it. You see what it's about. You might decide at the end of it, you know what, I don't have the language skills or it's not for me or this is great. This is what I want to pursue. So my aim was always to have that as an entry point to further training. And, I mean, people are sick of me talking about the, the online diploma because I've been harping about it for Never. years. <laughs> You've heard me talk about it on and on and on. And uh, and it's been really great because we've had the support from TAFSA to develop that. And, of course, COVID has brought all of this, as you say, COVID has brought on all of this development and the need, um, you know, people finally saw the need to develop really good training uh, online because of the availability. And I mean, in, during COVID in the short course, we didn't miss a beat because everyone no. was still coming in the same as always and, and so on. So it's been really great. And everyone had plenty of time to educate themselves, do a course. Exactly. You know, and, and it's interesting because people's commitment is really good because that's the other thing people say about online courses that, oh, people are not committed. They pop in, they pop out. You know, we've had people coming in from aeroplanes on flights, mid-flight when they had Wi-Fi. We've had people coming into classes from intensive care in hospitals. Wow. We've had people coming that's in dedication. From the, during their holidays. It is, yeah. you know. So, so it's and that kind of tells me that we must be doing something right. No, you know, it's, people it's true. Are you're, you're right. I had students in. logging in 3 a.m., uh, from Turkey, for example, uh, you know, because they had to go there for a family matter, but exactly. they still joined the class. Yeah. They still joined the class. It's really great. So that's what, what led us to develop this. And it's not just a question of developing a distance course because, of course, we know the issues in interpreting online and so on. It's, you know, your, your students are always distance. It's always ideal to have people there in the room with you. But... It's very important to actually focus on the design of the course so it is interactive, so people do feel part Mm. of a class, so they do get to know you. So it's very personalized. Um, So the classes are small. It's not a question of delivering a webinar to 100 people and then letting them go home or to stand there and lecture, you know, in front of um, in front of a PowerPoint presentation and then saying to people, oh, well, just take all that on board and go and practice. It's, It's a very practical profession, isn't it? I mean, Indeed it it's, is. it's very hands-on. You're always in and out of these places that are so active, you know, a hospital um, situation or, or, or a courtroom um, or, or a school. Everything is just, there's always so much going on. Um, and with interpreting within itself, there's always so much going on. You know, listening, interpreting, discourse management, site translations, um dealing with the situations, ethical dilemmas. There's just so much going on. And there's only so much you can do online, I thought, when when teaching. I I always thought, look, this is great. We are reaching uh, many, many more students. But you really, really need to design for an online delivery. You can't just take what you've been delivering face-to-face and then start teaching that online. So I'm really curious, what have you done? What have you done with the diploma course? Um, What kind of classes are there? What kind of activities? How have you made this uh, as not online as possible when, you know, delivery-wise? 
Yeah. Well, okay. Well, first of all, before people come into the diploma, they would have have to have done the short course. So in that short course, they do four units there already. Um, so they're done. They've had their toe dip. They've done their ethics component. They've done all the preparation for an interpreting assignment and so on. And they've done their unit on how they manage that interaction. But they wouldn't have done language specific practice and mm. so on. So sorry, sorry. Is that a prerequisite? They have to do the yes. skill set first. Yep. Yes, it is That's because correct. they're all units yep. from core units from the diploma, mm-hmm. so they have to do them anyway, and they're already designed and done. And in those, as well as in the diploma, we have uh, we have two components. So one is your online component, which is it is self-paced, but it does go week by week. So every week, people have to do work online to prepare for the following week in their live classes. And I'm a great believer that uh, I don't want to be stand there, standing there preaching at people for something that they can do in an activity online, mm. which means that they'll absorb it much better rather than sitting there listening and falling asleep. So the activity, we have a, I have a mentor, you know, many of us at TAFE say have a mentor who is Denise Cox. Now, Denise Cox, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she delivers um, courses on how to teach and engage online. Oh, wow. And she's absolutely brilliant. Um, How how can I do that course? (laughs) <laughs> well, she's in Queensland and she um, she does do a lot of work with TAFSA. They've engaged her and I've done a series of her workshops and then she's very generous with her time. She pops in for quiz sections and, you know, for any problems that you might want to resolve. She has She leaves all her videos online for you to pop in and check. And she does things on, you know, she does a lot of research and then – also researches on what it is that that engages people online. Mm. You know, how do you as a lecturer have a class which will engage people online? What sort of content would you put in? How do you put the content in? How do you engage people with instructions? And all of those sorts of things, which most of us have sort of picked up, but we really don't know the theory behind it and we might be doing it quite wrong. She was saying something yesterday, for example, um, how do you uh, how do you get a student to do something in particular? So don't just say, well, this is what you have to do, because they might think, well, that's just a filler. Why should I do that? It's just mm. taking up my time. It's not necessary. You tell them, well, if you do this, it'll help you in your assessment, or it'll help you to do this better, or this is why we want you to do it. This is why it's important. So little things like that tend to engage the student cohort uh, much more. So we've applied many of those you know tips and many of those rules to actually engage people in our content we try not to have reams of reading material online because we have students from various backgrounds and we're trying to make it an oral course as much as possible so we try and demonstrate a skill you know with a short little video with a um, I don't know a web link Mm -hmm. or something of that nature. We try and have people have activities in H5P where they might be watching a video, the video stops at a particular spot, and then they have to answer some questions about it. Um, So we try and make make the activities short and to the point so people can interact with that and enjoyable. You know, insert a bit of humour in it as well. I've I've seen your content when we were designing the skill set and I've always loved your content. It is always engaging. Like you said, there's always a bit of tongue-in-cheek, you know, videos, animations, activities, and 
to be honest with you, I've, I've picked up some of those from my training too. And uh, I've always, always thought TAFE SA did that really, really well. Thank you. Yeah, we've got a really great team, you know, where we have expertise. Um, we have a very small team, but we're all very different from completely different backgrounds. So we have someone who might be really creative, you know, and, and Georgina New works with us and online and she's mm. very creative on that. And and we have other people who are very much on the, you know, um, execution end of things, which they're really good and have a very good eye for detail and so on. We have other people who are very good at the compliance issue and so on. So we all work very well together because we all have different talents and we do try and do what we're best at, you know. So You're an effective it, it team, small but effective. Really well. mm, I think we are, yes, and we get on really well. But So, yeah, so going back to that, um, there will be in the diploma is two semesters. Uh, each semester has 15 weeks. Wow. And so, and then we divided it into topics. So we teach the topics where interpreters work. So you have education, uh, immigration, uh, customs, government, um, what's the other one? Money matters. Rooms, and money, then, yes, yeah. legal and uh, health and social science, um, social services. So we've divided those weeks into those mm. topics. And then we cover on the online component, we cover those topics, you know, the contextual side mm. of those yeah, copies, yeah. Uh, topics. So what? how does the education system work? Where are you likely to be interpreting? What sort of things are involved? Each topic has its bilingual vocabulary uh, provided for the for the students and each topic has a series of practice dialogues that is provided for the students so that they can practice in that topic. So good. And um, so online they would be looking at all of that. They would be looking at different videos both from the Australian system point of view and from their load country point mm. of view so that they can compare it. And then um, twice a week they will be coming in for a live session, which we call a synchronous session. And so that's two three-hour sessions a week where in uh, the first session they will be in a class and they're, they're small. Our classes tend to be small, so we would have less. Usually, ideally, we want to have less than twenty people in a mm. class um, for a you know there's non-language specific group. So several languages will be coming in there, and they would be getting um, taught several units together. So we would be teaching you know dialogue interpreting in that all the techniques, all the theory behind it, as well as English proficiency, mm. um, as well as terminology and. You know, for example, if you're looking at health, we'd be looking at anatomy and, you know, they might be doing presentations. Physiology, pathology, very good. That's right. So all of that would be coming in that what we call the, you know, the English or non-language specific. And we found in the past, we've done some research on too, we found that students really benefit from being in a multicultural group as well, rather mm. than just being in their own little language group, because they, it just gives them a much wider um, I guess scope of where they're working as interpreters. Exactly, and and, and you know it, that's where professional solidarity starts. Exactly, right? that's right. One of one of the that's right. one of the and pillars of, lot of code of ethics. Yes. That's right. And there's a lot of cross, you know, cross education amongst the students. And also because that group will bring people who have had training in, in health, who have worked in, you know, migration, who have worked in, um, all sorts of other areas. So it's, it's a really good cross pollination session. 
And so that's one of the sessions, and that that'll be at the beginning of the week on Tuesdays. And then on Thursdays, they would come in for another three hours. And what we will do is they will all come into one session first for the first 15, 30 minutes, uh, where you know, we might discuss what they're going to be doing today and so on. And then they will break out into group, into their language groups with a bilingual lecturer in their language. So those sessions will be designed to um, enhance their load and also obviously to practice. So they will be getting a lot of practical work in there where they, they're interpreting, where they – and because the groups are going to be small, so we're aiming to have – probably around about five people in each language group, oh, if we can. Really they may be a bit smaller. Um, and uh, and then as a lecturer, we, we ran a pilot for that last year. We did a year diploma face-to-face where we did this model. So there was, as a, again, there was a one class for non-language specific, which was delivered non-language specific, and there was another class where they broke into tutorials. And I was doing the Spanish group, and it was – absolute luxury to have a small group of students with me in my language. I could listen to them interpreting every week. Mm -hmm. I could give them feedback every week. We recorded them every week. They could listen to their own interpreting and do a self-reflection on that. We could discuss that. We could. It, it is just um, a really good model for that very specific attention, which I cannot do with 16 people in my mm-hmm. class, which mm-hmm. is what we used to have to have when we delivered a, you know, monolingual, I mean, a, sorry, a, a very language-specific diploma. And in their English class, they will be doing interpreting as well. And as we were discussing just before, you know, we might have a, a group of Turkish um, students, for instance, and I might be taking them for practice. Now, I can't understand a word of Turkish, but I know enough about interpreting techniques and I can uh, pick up a lot from their English and so on to give them very valid feedback. So they would be getting feedback from native English speakers in that mm-hmm, session mm-hmm. where they do some practice. And then they would go to their load session and they would get feedback on obviously your meaning transfer and, and you know, practice all the other skills. So it's it, it works really it works really well. Uh, and, of course, the sessions are all linked. So, you know, whatever you do in the English class is then followed up in the Lloyd class and so on. And it allows them to really work on reinforcing their Lloyd mm-hmm. um, and uh, and contextualizing it because many people are fluent in their language but they haven't necessarily discussed health in their language and so on. That's right. And so it's so important to um, learn about the context so I, I, I really like the idea of studying a different uh, topic every week and then practicing that topic. Um, just makes complete sense, doesn't it? You might have really good language skills. You might have really good interpreting skills, but you're not necessarily comfortable with the terminology of that particular setting. Exactly. And that's right. And you have to, and also you have to work on your memory skills. And, you know, the, the, the first thing that people always do, as you know, you know, they try and furiously write notes during an <laughs> interpreting dialogue. And of course, we all know that that doesn't work, but it takes a while to get people off that. I mean, I've been known to take away notepads from oh, students yes. completely for oh, a few yes. weeks. <laughs> so, so, so it's all those things. And that practice, the other thing that COVID has done, of course, it has improved the technology. So if we try to deliver this um, 
four years ago, we probably it probably would have been more difficult. Um, we use a combination of platforms and, and we still haven't sort of decided on the final one, but we have access to, you know, Blackboard Collaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that has its limitations for practice with interpreting yeah. because yeah. you don't have this sort of setup where you have a good video, um, large video projection. So we would probably use a combination of platforms, we might use some of some of our things that Blackboard is good at. We might use that on Blackboard, and then we might use Zoom or we might use Teams, where people can have much more access. Yeah. The other thing, I guess, with online, is that it is harder to interpret over video, obviously, and it is harder to interpret over the phone. Even harder, of course, because you don't have that any mm-hmm. of that body language, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so in a sense, we are training people in the harder mediums uh, than face-to-face. And uh, and this is quite good because we can teach them a lot of these techniques that they will need because, of, let's face it, video interpreting and phone interpreting is getting more and more popular and it's becoming the bulk of, of people's I can, work. I can definitely vouch yeah. for that, definitely. Yeah. Um, look, we are seeing face-to-face making a comeback. Um, in, in particular areas, but some of the uh, settings, some of the areas, uh, some of the clients, they're keeping everything purely remote now yeah, or, or mostly right. remote. Uh, so, right. you know, remote interpreting is here stronger than ever before. And I think, you know, conversations with Nati as well um, in some of our sessions with them, they've told us that testing is going to be mostly done via video too for uh, accessibility reasons so that, you know, in remote areas, people had to drive to the city to sit a test. Now they don't have to. Um, and, yes, you know, it is harder to interpret via video. Uh, it's it's more taxing uh, cognitively. But it's like, you know, working with a health ball, I guess. I remember, you know, in, prim- in primary school we used to play throwing the health ball at each other and it was really hard and then you just get a basketball and then you throw it and it just flies. Um, so, you know, when you learn how to interpret in a more harder setting, I'm sure when you become, when you, when you start interpreting face-to-face, uh, things are going to be a little bit easier for you. That's right. And look, there's no denying, no one is trying to say that um, online is better than face-to-face. It's different. Um, there are disadvantages, obviously, you know, you can't go for coffee with your students mm. and develop that rapport. But even in the short course where our students are only with us for 10 weeks, we do develop the rapport. The, the question is to keep the classes small, to get to know your students, to make an effort to get to know the students. They get to know you. We also have in TAFSA, we do provide a lot of support for the students. So we often have someone else hovering to sort out any technical problems. And in the short course, definitely, we always have a techie with us. So if there's any issues and whatever, someone can jump in and That's really good. Uh, and sort that out. So so you don't, as, as a lecturer, you're not wasting everybody's time trying to get somebody's connection uh, sorted because someone else is doing that and that's really great um, and uh, and also we often have uh, additional support so people might 
drop in in the diploma will probably have a couple of hours a week available where people can pop in and ask questions about assessment or something like that or or ask questions they're stuck on a particular thing or they can't get something to work or whatever so that's really important in an online course because um, you know people usually go off and and do their work at home and then they're just stuck and they can't continue with whatever it is that they're doing so it's really important to keep in touch with uh, with people and we encourage uh, forums as well. So we found in the short course, people form friendships and so on amongst the students mm -hmm. because they have forums, they can chat, they can ask each other problems, they can support each other. And we do in the uh, live sessions that we will have, students will be interpreting and they'll be getting quite a lot of feedback both from their peers, but we also rely very much on self-reflection. Um, I'm a great believer of self-reflection. If you can't see what your issues are, you're not going to improve. Mm -hmm. So, And if you can't watch your recordings, as much as we all hate to watch our recordings, you'll never improve. So, for example, in the diploma, we have two uh, main assessments in interpreting dialogues, which is one of the units. Um, at halfway through the course, we will have a proper simulated role play interpreting assessment. So you will have the live role, um, load speaker, the live English speaker, they will have a, a scenario and their student will be the interpreter. Um, and I've designed them very much like uh, their NATI test, their similar length, their similar difficulty, their, uh, they're along those lines because that's been researched and so on, and uh, it it has uh, proven that it will test those core skills that an interpreter needs to have. You know, the, the the meaning transfer skills, the managing of that interaction, which is so important in in interpreting. So we do that live test, and we, that will be done on obviously online, but over video, mm -hmm. and one of them will be done remote, so people uh, they can you know the students won't be able to see see each other. And then what we did in the uh, diploma last year is we got the students to watch their recording of their performance. Before they got their assessment results back, they watched the performance and they had to fill in self-reflection about their performance. So it was a very detailed self-reflection about all of those areas, the meaning transfer, about that interaction, mm. about their techniques, about their rhetorical skills, about their um, their language proficiency and so on. And that was such a valuable exercise because they had to then decide whether they what where would they put themselves, you know, <laughs> where always, they proficient. You're always going to be deadpan honest about yourself aren't you you know that's right were they competent or not yes <laughs> you, <laughs> and it was interesting they were a lot harder on themselves course, than we yeah. were <laughs> of course but it was brilliant because they actually the aha bit dropped you know ah so that's why clicks? i didn't pass my <laughs> nanny test because i'm not doing this so it it that was a really valuable exercise and they will get this halfway through this course. So halfway through the course, they will know exactly where they need to improve, what they need to do, where their strengths mm -hmm. are, where their weaknesses are. And that gives them another semester to actually really work on those things while they go That's through the, you know. Yeah. Um, so 
I thought that that was a very uh, valuable exercise, and uh, and it it really it gets that trust as well because it 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 shows students that you're not just marking them randomly and giving them a number and and they, saying well you you've passed or you failed or you haven't it it actually really gets them to understand and and they know what they, the the mark they're going to get usually you know because after watching this there's no surprises you're right looking at the nati testing system and 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 the rubrics there's a lot going on there you know so many skills are being tested at the same time yeah. and like you say, when you actually give that responsibility to the student, to the student, and then say, "Okay, now, what have you done for meaning transfer? What have you done for rhetorical skills? What have you done for interaction management?" And they go through, "Yep, I did this. Oh, I could have done that better." And then all of a sudden, it makes sense to them. It's not just someone giving them a band one or a band two. It's actually them going through and what did I miss? What did I get right? Oh, I'm really good at this. I'm proud of myself. Well done, me. Um, and then, oh, I need a little bit more work on this. I'll focus on that. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely with you within regards to the self-review. And like we said, they're always more honest with themselves than they are with their peers, aren't they? Mm. I mean, yes, I've saw quite a few of my students. I said, oh, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, really. <laughs> So it's uh, it it is it is a really good tool and uh, and you can do that as I said you can do that online and so on so so yes the the advantages of online of course is you know the shortage of training courses all over Australia so unless you live in Sydney and Melbourne um, it's really hard to get access and even in those cities the languages are limited we've always. And, you know, if you come from Adelaide where the population is small, we've always had this issue that either we couldn't get enough students in our course or we couldn't get the lecturers. Whereas here we have access to all the best people all through Australia uh, to come in, you know, for the load um, lecturers, which is absolutely fantastic. And we do at the moment. We work with people from interstate. We work with someone who lives in Singapore as well. So we can work with with anyone, anywhere, basically. Uh, and that makes it really good because obviously we can access those language lecturers mm-hmm. and, you know, tutors, um, and we can facilitate those languages where there's no training anywhere at the moment, uh, language-specific training because of, you know, because of those issues. Um, so that's really exciting. And, of course, for students, it's whilst people living in the metro area would prefer to probably come in on site and, and have their place face-to-face. If you, li- if you live two hours away from the metro area, that's really difficult. Um, we, can offer the, we offer the courses usually in the evening, so it caters for people who are working. Mm. If you are a, a recent mother and you can't leave your child for, you know, to go somewhere for four hours and so on, you are home. Um, if you you know, work shifts even, you can you can access that. Mm, no, so it, it it just gives that flexibility to people that I, th- I think compensates for any of the disadvantages that you might have. I offered uh, my online, students yeah. um, at RMIT last semester, I had, I had three and I said, oh, you guys want to do this face-to-face now that we can? They're like, no, no, you know, parking's really difficult. Takes me like an hour and a half to get there. Um, can we do it online? 
I was I was a bit disappointed to be honest with you <laughs> because I really wanted to teach face to face again. Um, and and you know it's not just for the people living in in rural or remote areas. It's I think most days these days, especially look if you're a young kid and you want the campus life. I, yeah, I, I really think they're missing out. You know, that's right. Um, but more often than not, our students are mature age. Uh, they've got lives, they've got families. So it's not like they've got, they, they, yeah. got jobs. Exactly. They're not necessarily going in and catching up with friends, having a couple of beers, playing a bit of basketball, and then doing um, a lecture or not doing the lecture, <laughs> you know, and then going back and socialising a little bit more, doing a little bit of library time. It's Our students mostly aren't like that. Of course, we have some along those lines as well. Uh, so I think... Online suits us in a way, um, yeah. Just because of these reasons, uh, we've been talking. And if you make it, sorry, if no, you make okay. it accessible for them, technology-wise, because that tends to be a stumbling block. Mm. Um, and we find we spend quite a lot of time with some of our students when they first start, because some people find it difficult to, you know, they they haven't really saved document beforehand or something. So we, we do ask them to have certain amount of computer mm. knowledge or to get it beforehand. But we also provide quite a lot of support and we try and make the site very uh, user-friendly. So it's it's all there for you and it's all quite clear. And after that initial area where they might, you know, find themselves and exploring where they are, there there is consistency throughout so they would know where to find things, how to find mm. them. And if they don't, we're there to support them and that's really important uh, online. It's it's definitely – you might even do a little two-hour course on, you know, how to use the LMS or how to access the library um, and then and – then, We do. We have yeah. short little videos on how you upload yeah. this document. How do you oh, – uh, this great. is an assessment. Yeah. What do you need to do for that? Um, you know, we have uh, – we try and encourage students to record themselves a lot. So when I had them face-to-face, -face, we use the phones extensively. So how do you use the little phone app to record and then how do you upload how do you it? Upload, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, how do you watch them? I mean, you can always watch it on the phone if – if you don't feel like uploading, but that was really useful. And how do you send me your recording so that I can give you quick feedback? Just pick on the bits that you need to improve uh, or give you more detailed feedback, whatever. So quick little videos on how to, um, that's much more effective than giving you a whole screen. Oh, definitely. On, I'm all for videos. Uh, you know, on, all for videos. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, look, we know that historically within – TNI, it's been mostly the same languages because there have been uh, trainers that were unavailable or um, students, student numbers weren't enough, like you were saying. And as much as established languages we're going to always need more of, sometimes I feel that some of the languages are really, really overrepresented um, in translating and interpreting. And a lot of languages are missing out because the training isn't there. I'm really curious, what languages are you offering? Um, are there some languages that haven't been offered at this level before that, um, uh, you know, students can look forward to? Okay, so at the moment, we're going easy steps. Um, 
we don't want to introduce new things in everything. So we run the pilot of the diploma. We want to use some of those languages for the online course because people have already taught it. They know what it's about and we can put it on. Um, so we're trying to go easily. And the languages that we're offering this time are uh, Dari, Hazaragi, Indonesian, uh, Italian, Persian, Spanish, and Cantonese. Um, we are offering Mandarin and Vietnamese. And then from, and that's for 2023. Mm -hmm. because, and, and that is for a, for a number of reasons. Um, one of them, of course, is that we have got experienced people in those languages uh, to teach it. But after that, we'll be offering those languages where, you know, there hasn't been any training uh, of any language-specific training, all the uh, languages from new and emerging communities. Um, we'll probably do a um, survey of the different LSPs to see what languages it is that they actually need so that we can target those languages where training is really needed. Definitely. Look, that's also what I've been trying to do for the last couple of years now because we've got so many languages that just haven't had the opportunity to train. So I've been trying to bring that kind of tertiary-level training, non-language specific, of course, um, to the interpreters out there, you know, because you've got practising interpreters who are recognised practising um, or even certified, you know, pre-2018, they didn't have to do a course. Uh, they're missing out on so much education, so much training. Um, and exactly. it's, it's really unfair on our profession, not just necessarily, it's unfair on them anyway, but also on our profession where you have within the same cohort, you might have, like when I say cohort, I mean certified. Um, you might have someone who's done all the way through to a PhD, you know, with let's say Spanish, let's say Turkish, yeah. Mandarin, and then you might have someone who hasn't had the opportunity to do any study and they just pass the test a hard test to pass, but they pass the test, they're certified, and then they're going to, to a job. Our profession is then represented completely a little off balance, isn't it? You know, you've got a certified interpreter potentially with a PhD, mm -hmm. and then you have a certified interpreter who doesn't have any TNI Nothing. training. Yeah, you know? that's right. That's right. And uh, and I think this is where the this is where hopefully we'll come in. It, it's it's not an overnight process no, because no. the, you know, it, it is also um, people find it difficult, obviously, to commit to the longer training um, and so on. But I think, as you say, it gives you, I mean, the feedback that we got from our students is that the, the wealth of knowledge that they gained through the longer training, it gave them the tools for practice. They go to that practice. They're no longer caught like deer in the headlights, you know, the first assignment they do because they know what to expect. I've had so many students coming mm. that have done the diploma. But even the short course, you know, they came in and said, you know, we applied that technique that you taught us and it really works. <laughs> no way. <laughs> really? <laughs> so it's, it's, it is vitally important um, that people do get that longer training. But in addition to that, the, the units that we teach, I'm hoping also that they will be available to teach um, 
as standalone as well eventually. So people can pick up PD, for example, and just do the unit on health interpreting uh, or the unit on legal interpreting. Once it's developed, you can actually do quite a lot of that and supplement people's professional development as well. No, that's that's a great idea, definitely. I I look forward to that too. Um, All right, so... We know the languages and we know there's going to be more in the future, hopefully. Uh, How do people apply? Okay, so um, we try to make it as simple as possible. (laughs) And uh, basically there is uh, people just apply to go into the website, into the TAFSA website, um, and uh, they look for the Diploma of Interpreting and they apply. I will put the link if you public oh, in the, yes. in the episode description everyone episode description that'll be brilliant click and then we'll put a direct link to the application page yeah so the prerequisites for that are that um, you should have done the short course first which we call the ISNC interpreting skills for nati certification uh, if you haven't done that course our next uh, short course for that will start in february and the closing date is in the end of november um, so if you want to do the diploma and you haven't done the short course, please do that. There will be a course in February and there will be another one in August so that you'll be ready for the 2024 course. Very good. Um, if you've done the short skill, and I mean the, the short um, skill set has been offered all through Australia, both online, by ourselves, by the RMIT, by uh, Queensland TAFE mm. uh, in New South Wales. So, you know, there, there are many people that would have done those. Um, those so they don't have to do the skill set at TAFE, I say. They could have done it anywhere else. No, yeah. they could have done yeah. it anywhere else, yeah, exactly. Um, and it just gives them that that basis to come in so that when we get into the diploma, we can go straight into that. Um, and interestingly, the diploma has the same duration now as it used to have when it was the full diploma with all those other four units included. So you're actually getting a much, much better value in a sense because you've done all those four units already. Are you going to do those units again or do they get recognised? No, they get... they're recognised. They're already That's there, great. the status. Oh, yes. so straight yeah. into the deep end. I like it. Exactly. And that was the point of doing the short course in accredited units because mm. then you don't have to do them again. So um, so that's really great. And so that's one requirement. And of, and there will be an entry test as well. So your entry test will be basically like an interview where you'll be asked to discuss things in English and in load because although we do an English proficiency test for the short course, it is a computer-based, uh, an online mm. English test. So we want to make sure that you do have the language proficiency necessary to be successful. We don't want to set up people for failure. Definitely. So we'll do a, a fairly informal um, interview of about 15 minutes or 20 minutes in both English and load because we've never checked the load of uh, all you need a is a few minutes with someone, isn't it? You know, it's like a yep. picture tells a thousand words. Uh, exactly. You, know, you could have someone sit and do a three-hour written test, and you know they could score a hundred. It's fine, um, but then you just talk to them for a couple of minutes, and you'll be like, okay, maybe you might need a little bit more work on your English or on exactly. your load. Maybe you might come back next year after you put a little bit of work into that. That's right. Yeah. And whilst we do uh, we do have English proficiency and load proficiency as part of the diploma, mm. and they're quite big units, so they do get quite a lot of that. You still have to have that, you know. You still have to be fluent because you're yeah, going I mean, you to be training. Yeah, you can't teach someone from, the language. That's not what the course exactly. is for. 
That's right. Yeah. You, you, you need, need, to, to, you be, need to be fluent in both languages. You're fluent. Yeah. You might need to work on your terminology. You might need to correct some of your grammar. You might need to do some of that. But you basically need to have that solid foundation in language no, so that you can then apply it uh, to that professional area. Yeah. What if you're an interpreter so already? Can you still do the course? What if you've... Yes, you can, definitely. practicing or, or recognised practicing, is that, is that enough? Yes, that's certainly no no bar to do the course. And in fact, the short course, we have quite a lot, quite a number of people that come in who are already certified maybe in another language yep. and they want to do that, um, the rest of that. So yes, definitely. It's, um, it, it's available to everyone in this. One hell of a PD. Yeah. I might do one myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see you there. <laughs> I might go and learn a bit of Spanish first. Would love to have you as my teacher. <laughs> um, oh fees, let's talk money. How much does this course cost? Okay, does money. it cost anything? If anything, what? Oh, look, I'd love it to be free. Is it going to be, be free one day? Hello, people. Oh. <laughs> yes. Funding's an issue in the vet sector because – all vet sectors are state-funded. Mm. And that's an issue for online courses, of course, which you are offering interstate because we don't get any funding. If someone is interstate, we won't get funding for that student from the South Australian government. So uh, there are two fee structures, I guess. One is for residents of South Australia um, and one is for everyone else who is interstate. Now, we are trying, you know, we've been working, as we discussed before, <laughs> uh, trying to promote the need for scholarships, you know, from either the Commonwealth Government or other uh, organisations that would support people doing this qualification mm. um, because it is it is quite an outlay. Um, so the fees that we have are uh, they're basically the course is $6,500. Uh, for the diploma, and that's not paid all in one go. So your average semester cost will be about three, three and a half thousand. You also have access to vet uh, help, so you'd be able to, you know, pay off the course as in, yes, like HEX, yeah. And we also... Is that if you're in South Australia, you have access to vet help? No, that's anyone. So vet help is... National? It's that's right. It is okay. I think yep. so. Yep. I'll check on that on you, but yes, because the other one that we can do, even if that vet help is not available, is you can apply to pay by instalments, fees mm. by instalments, and there there are certain criteria for that to apply. But that means that you can pay it off through the year, uh, which of course helps people quite a lot. So there's always that. Um, I think that uh, you know, if if you're a practicing interpreter, you've you, you're, you've got an ABN of some sort and. It might even be. I'm not. I'm not recommending or giving any advice to anyone. But it could even be tax deductible for yep, for professional. Definitely. Yeah. That's right. Definitely. Yeah. So there's there's that angle as well, um, and obviously in in South Australia we also have um, the subsidised fees. So the cost there would be two thousand three hundred dollars, and that would also cover concession fees, which you know is less still. Um, but as I said, if you if you work on a general national level for most states, the course will cost six thousand five hundred. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure VetHelp is a Commonwealth program, 
Um, so, you know. I need to check on that and, and I will check that before you publish the details. But definitely, if you can't get vet help, you will be able to get fees by installments. Okay. Uh, well, which well great. That's, there's a few payment options yeah. there. Um, there are. And also, there's avenues, for example, if you are on the job network and so on you know we have had third-party payments or payments from uh, Centrelink I'm not saying they will always do that but they're certainly worth uh, worth investigating um, to do the course with with some of those as I said I am hoping to get some uh, more scholarships going but that's not something that's going to happen overnight so we'll we'll, we'll push for those hello everyone more scholarships the powers be (laughs) please help us help us qualify interpreters Formally trained, good interpreters, fund us, okay? You out there, government person, <laughs> do it now. Um, oh, that, that's amazing. I'm so excited. You and I, we've been talking about this for a few years now, and I know that you had been working on it for a while, but it was even a surprise for me when I saw it pop up in my email and I was like, oh, my God, she's done it. She's finally done it. I am so excited. Good luck to you. If there's anything we can do, let us know. We'll get the word out. I'm sure you're going to have hundreds, if not thousands, of people lining up. Um, so I can only... No, I don't want hundreds and thousands, please. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's, I, no, yes, I think great. there's going to be a big turnout for this and you are pioneering... And I, I just hope that other uh, institutions follow. And it'll be mm. amazing to see new languages, give them the opportunity to get the formal training. Um, yeah. yeah. And just, just good luck imagine to you. The day, imagine the day when we have several diplomas available, you know, face-to-face and online in various uh, states with a, very, with a variety of combination of languages we can increase between all of us, you know, we can increase that supply of languages in training. I can't wait. Look, we we make it sound like it's a dream, but it's not. You're doing it. It's the first step. Um, And, and I think, you know, show us the way, especially within regards to how to engage these students, how to really pass on the knowledge of such a practical profession via online means and I think you know once you've you've had a few graduates and uh, you've got some feedback and you do some self review as well after the first yes. few cohorts, it'd be ama- I'll talk to you again next year and see how you went. You know, that'd be great. Actually, we're keeping very close stats on that and obviously student surveys and so on because there's we've learnt with the short online course. It took us about two or three years to get it down to what we wanted and and through student feedback and so on. And uh, I expect it will be the same in in this case. Um, but and not that we've stopped changing the short course, of course, we're always adding in more improvements and mm. so on. But it's uh, it, it will be a, a, learning co- a learning curve and we are very excited um, about being able to offer this and just the opportunity of people to uh, for people to come in and be able to, you know, enhance their their learning and enhance their professional skills and make better interpreters out there and, you know, just the whole thing. I mean, it's I've been saying for this last few years now that I've been in the business for over forty years now. You know, I've been you must an have started really, really early, Magdalena. Oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> 
<laughs> not quite that no, early, no. but anyway. <laughs> I'm not being facetious. I think I've started interpreting in 1979, and you know, I've oh been well, just happens to be the year I was born. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Ouch. I love you. <laughs> and then, and then I've I've been training interpreters and translators, you know, since the 80s. So. I have seen more positive changes in the last four years, five years. Uh, if you look at the, you know, national recommended standards for interpreters in courts mm. and tribunals. If you look at the training. If you look look at the differences in the certification system, and all you the know, new PD that's popping up. All the new PD, all of that, and exciting things in PD that you actually want to go and do, and it's oh, this will be really good. This will be really interesting. So I've seen more changes in the last, um, you know, four years, four or five years, than I have in those forty years, and it and it is really exciting. I'm sort of really sorry that I'm not right at the, you know, middle of my career or beginning of my career because there's just so much out there that's that's exciting and innovative, and the technology has come on, and there's more opportunities for interpreters because that's the other. Thing that the online space has created. Um, if you are in regional areas, you're not restricted now to interpret in your town. You will be able to interpret through video in in other places. So it's well, it's very exciting. Even going to be international soon. We know that the certification system is going into New Zealand. You know, we, it's gone into New Zealand. Yeah, yes. You know, we, we would have our Kiwi practitioner friends interpreting here remotely, and vice versa. Um, exactly. You know, it's it's definitely an amazing time, I think, to be in our profession. I've only been doing this for the last 10 years or so. Even when I compare my first five years to the last five years, I can see such a huge difference. Mm. You know, there's just so much happening um, within NATI, within OZIT, within our profession, within the education institutions. And I think we're all kind of like coming together in this Big thing for the first time. It feels like that to me anyway. You know, even like LSPs, I meet a bunch of really cool LSP managers and, and, and training staff there and everyone's really enthusiastic about it all, you know. That's right, and we're, there's a lot of collaboration. I mean, we collaborate a lot with NATI, and TAFSA, as you probably know, is delivering a course funded by the Queensland government, mm -hmm. where we're collaborating with 2M, 2M yeah. language services, and uh, and with NATI, and with the Queensland government, and we've collaborated with you, and we collaborate with the RMIT. Um, so it's uh, we're too small and profession and industry to actually everybody sit in their own corner and do their own thing. That that national collaboration There's is There's only is vital a bunch of us, you're exciting. right. It's just a exactly. handful. We really, really right. need to come together. And there's that's the only way I think we could really see the fruits of everything. You know, that's right. Yes. But I, th I think it's happening. Yeah. I think it is. It is happening. Yeah. It's a very. It's. I. I think it's a. It's a really exciting time, and uh, I'm so looking forward to next year. It'll be, it'll be a lot of work, um, but it'll be very exciting. I think. Yeah. Well, congratulations again to you and your entire team at TFSA. Um, you've heard it. The description in the description, you're going to find the link. So go in there, have a bit of a wonder, um, apply. If not, you can email, uh, get more information. Um, they can email uh, you or there's Yes, there's I'll give you the there. email yeah. as well to contact. And uh, as I said, we tend to we tend to establish 
quite quick rapport, at TAFE say, with students straight away. So if you send an inquiry, you're not just going to hit some random person who doesn't know anything about it. If it's specifically about the course and the admin staff don't know the answer or is not in the frequently asked questions, which there will be a frequently asked questions there, which covers a lot mm. of information. If it's not there, feel free to send us an email at any time and we will certainly answer it. Magnificent. Thank you, Magdalena. You've been amazing. Thank you very much, Fatih, for the opportunity. Thanks. Good luck with it all. See ya. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. So today we were with a senior lecturer from TFSA, Magdalena Rowan. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel and we'll see you next time. Bye. Conversations Podcast.